Hi, I'm Will Betts. And I'm Chris Barker, and you're listening to the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we talk to a wide range of artists, DJs, producers, and industry figureheads about their dream forever studio. A studio built within the confines of our strict, strictish rules, and one they'll have to live with forever. That's right, there are strict rules. Our guests can choose a computer, DAW, an audio interface, then six other bits of studio kit, plus one other luxury item. Chris, what happens if they want to choose a package of, say, plugins? No bundles! Joining us today is Morgan Page, a Grammy-nominated DJ and producer, and if I'm not too bold to say, a gear nerd like us. That's right, let's begin. This is My Forever Studio with Morgan Page. Welcome. Wait, how's it going? Very good, very good. How very are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. It's going good. You heard the premise there. Uh, you get a few little freebies at the start and then we'll really dig in. Um, but I guess first thing we can talk about is where would you build this studio if money was no object, location didn't matter? Well, it's a really good question because you've got to be near an Apple store if you're a Mac guy, something goes wrong. So, And I've heard of guys doing Desert Island Studios, literal Desert Island Studios like Martin Vorwerk and Aruba. And there's big problems with power and access to, to gear, just getting stuff there. So you've got to be the key to me. And, and this is one reason I like where I'm at in L.A. Uh, is that I'm in a place that's quiet. It's in the wilderness, uh, tucked into a canyon, but it's away from the whole party scene and the craziness of the entertainment industry. But I'm close enough to the Apple store. So Dream <laughs> Studio, something similar to this, maybe even a little more remote so there's less distra- distractions. Okay, but where, where in the world? Do you st- we stay in the U.S., do you think? I would stay in the U.S. I would be in L.A., but maybe somewhere in like Topanga Canyon, something somewhere a little more remote, but maybe not so prone to wildfires. <laughs> right, There's no yeah, sense of getting yeah. a good studio in the path of a fire. Yes, yeah. So, That's so good advice, solid advice. Every that. bit of gear we choose has to be non-flammable. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. Cool. And how do you protect your studio? Exactly. Yeah. And, and what's, the, what's the vibe like? You know, I, I went to your studio many years ago, but like it, you, you had quite a sort of low-key studio, like rugs and very sort of, it wasn't the whole maybe Martin Vorwerk Star Wars kind of, you know, it was kind of in between that, kind of a little bit more, again, more reserved than the kind of spaceship thing. Are you still thinking that for your forever studio? Would that be the way to go? I could do a little more futuristic. I think, you know, what I've done in my studio lately has been adding more hue lights so I can customize the mood. And at the touch of a button, it's like a different studio. So keeping it a little more modular. But yeah, my studio that you saw before was, I think you saw the garage studio. I had I had theater curtains in a garage. That's right. Because I, yeah. I didn't uh, own my own house then. But now I have a new place. And I've gotten to customize it a little more. But, but you know, some guys, uh, sick individuals came to my studio and they're like, yeah, the, this is nice that it doesn't feel like a spaceship. They appreciated that. Yeah, I think there's a love-hate thing we, we talked about on the podcast before. I mean, it works for some people, other people not so much. And uh, get somewhere in between that suits. So that sounds nice. So next we move on to, I know that seems quick, but it's not. It, Let's well, get the, we're getting, the, getting the, the free items out of the way. Get the easy yeah, stuff yeah. done first. Uh, the computer then. You get a free computer, DAW and audio interface. Well, so, definitely, you know, if, if there's no budget, uh, the new Mac Pro fully loaded, uh, I wouldn't get into the video stuff. But, uh, you know, if I had no, no budget, it would be, you know, you get that stand that's $1,000 for the monitor. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and get the wheels, get those $400 wheels. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's so, crazy. I mean, so, yeah, fully loaded. Uh, I'd still be working in Ableton. I don't know if I'd defect back to Pro Tools. Ableton has just been, been incredible creative resource so i love using that and it's great for collaborations 
Um, Interface-wise, uh, I really like what I'm using right now, which is the X8P, the Universal Audio. I've gotten into that whole ecosystem. So I would maybe buy just a few more of those. I, I have two X8Ps, but I would just... <laughs> one audio interface, yeah, Morgan. You can you know, have come one. On. There are I'll some run, there are some rules yeah, here. Strictish rules. <laughs> Strict yeah. Ish. yeah, one interface. I don't think that the high end stuff uh, is really needed. It's kind of like the converters are so good now on all these things. So yeah, one one Apollo X eight P. Yeah, nice. Okay, nice. Yeah. It's the so, one with the eight preamps. The eight P eight preamps. Yeah. Okay. The using P. all of those preamps. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> just just interested system. to know. That's all. Yeah. All right. It's just going to be six microphones on the next. Next. <laughs> Somebody's tried it. Yeah, like a press conference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So we've got a pretty uh, a, a pretty nice start there already. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. As, as, you know, well, that max about ninety grand straight away. So you've. <laughs> That's the whole budget. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. So, item number one, uh, we're guessing you probably need some headphones or some monitors, one one or the other. Yeah, monitors. You know, maybe the new Focals. I have the SM9s right now, but there's there's always a bigger, better version of what you have. Uh, maybe the high end. That's high exactly end what the podcast is about: the bigger, better version. So yeah, right. Yeah. Always, <laughs> never, <laughs> never making the most of what you have, but just the next. What's next? Absolutely. What's the point in that? There's no yeah. fun in that. <laughs> yeah. You know what's crazy too is I you know what I might get that is no one will mention on this is the Tesla power wall. If wow. I was really to go out there because because yesterday I have battery backup in the whole studio. Everything turned off because we were having these crazy storms right now in LA and everything turned off and you only get like an hour to kind of you know preempt that and turn your shut your computer down, even with you know these heavy duty battery backups. So I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna. I might get a couple of those, but you gotta you gotta get two if you're gonna be running your whole house and not just a studio. So that, so, so that leaves you with three more items. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're really no whizzing bundles. through this, Morgan. Let's 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 step back to the to the focal. So um, I don't think you had focals when we met. I know that was many years ago. So what's your monitoring journey been like? What, what's uh, how have you ended up with the focals? Who who introduced you to them? Or you know. You know, Luca Predolosi from yep. Studio DMI got me into them. Uh, he probably got a cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> Some interesting stuff happened, though, because I think when you saw me, I may have had the Barefoots. Uh, I may have had, yeah. the, I had the Mackies for a little while. Yeah, maybe it was the Mackies. I had an IKEA desk with the Mackies. It was pretty low budget at the time. And then I had the Barefoots, and I had problems with the, the Barefoots blowing up uh, because of the power. It ties into the whole power in L.A. thing. Ah, so, so I think the power just uh, blew out some some of the components of the barefoots, but I think that those are a little too flat for my taste. They just weren't as fun for me to work on people. Other people love them, but for me, it wasn't for my taste. So, uh, the full cow was, was exactly what I was looking for. And they're the I, ones where you can cut, you can cut them into like, they go from three, are they the SM9s or one that goes from three way to a two way yeah, design? A lot of them have that, don't they? Yeah. yeah. The three way. And, you know, honestly, every studio is a very biased opinion. Every set of monitors ha is there's no flat monitors. I think it's total nonsense. So and your room changes them completely. Because when I talk to people that work on SM9s uh, and I hear them in other studios, they sound, you know, pretty different. But uh, like that's anything. So I built the room, this room initially around the Barefoots and wasn't happy with them and then got the SM9s. The Yeah. What is the next step up from there? We're just the Trio 6B. Yes. Yeah, that looks like about it. Or, or actually, there's the Focal Trio 11B, too. That, that's the one. That's the big boy. Focal yeah. Trio 11B. 
those those monitors then why why specifically the the focals then are there and in terms of the kind of music that you're making is it important to have something that's that can push some air yeah i think right now i have them set up as as midfields so they've got to they've got to push some sound um just because the acoustics of the room we moved everything around i have uh a Sterling modular desk. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of in the way and a big 30-inch cinema display. So, yeah, they're set up as midfields. They've got to push some air. And uh, yeah, I just like the sound of it, the, the profile of the sound. I tried a bunch of other pairs of monitors, and you got to go with what speaks to you. Uh, and same with headphones, too, like uh, V-Moda. I've tried $3,000 headphones, didn't like them, and I use the V-Moda for everything now. I love those V-Motors as well. Really big. Incredible. Yeah. $200. Yeah. Insane. Apart from the, the classic thing that all headphones have, where it feels like they just one day just completely crumble and fall apart like dry bread. <laughs> yeah. Do you know I've, what I mean? What is that? It's yeah, like they I've haven't figured right out that material where... Mm. It's so nice, and even some, and it happens even if you never wear them. I got, I had some like the Philips Armand Van Buren ones, really good. And then you take it out of a drawer one day, it's like, oh, they've just they've gone like stale, <laughs> like they yeah. just crumble. There is, there is a thing where certain plastics degrade in sunlight. Okay. Yeah, and the rubber gets like turns into an adhesive almost. Yeah, yeah, Have you seen yeah, that happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the half life of rubber or something. <laughs> That's a great name for for a book. That's the episode. The Half Life of Rubber. That's a, that's a, yeah, Morgan. Morgan Page and the Half Life of Rubber is definitely. Stay tuned for more. Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half Life of Rubber. It's, yeah, uh, it's I don't think episode. I want to read that one actually. That sounds all right. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's more of a Fifty Shades of Grey thing, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. Number two. All right. Number two would probably be the Moog One, just because that is usually out of the typical price range for a synth. But if you've got an unlimited budget, eight grand, let's go for it. That's the perfect My Forever Studio synth, though, isn't it? I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah. what actually tops that? And I suppose you go vintage. You could oh. CS80, Jupiter 8. That's mm. Sync Clavier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That would change that'll your style it. of music quite dramatically. I imagine the Sync Clavier. I'd like to hear Morgan Page's uh oh, uh, uh eh uh, and like you know, <laughs> orchestral stab seven or whatever it is. Is that? Am I on the right synth? Um, I think I maybe am. Yeah. Fairlight. I one? think I, I was I was getting Fairlight muddled. I get the two mixed all the time. Yeah, but yeah, that's, they're so affordable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird that we don't know them so well. Yeah. yeah. You know what's really good though that I like that I'm surprised they priced it as cheaply as they did. It was the Hydrosynth. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys mess around with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. That's incredible. I'm making some patches for them right now and it's like getting into once you really drive that thing, you just distort it and push it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's great value that synth, but it's still not a cheap synth, so that's quite a it's still a dream synth for for many a person. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's uh you know, it's an investment synth for sure. Yeah, Moog One. So the Moog One, you've tried it, but um, what was it about it that's, that's really drawn you to the Moog One? It's just that you have the opportunity to have one. Is yeah. that it? Is that the big draw? We don't for want you? you to use the Dream Studio as a situation just to eBay stuff after we get off air. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not renting the gear. Uh, the reason for the Moog One, I think polyphonic Moog, because I have a Voyager in my studio and I love it, but if it's, I'm just not really that big on monophonic analog synths. They're great, but I like. I'm a chord guy, so I got to be able to play chords. That's a whole other beast. And, you know, for years, Moog was like saying it was too expensive to make a polyphonic synth. And eight and grand later, they were right. <laughs> yeah, they're right. <laughs> we, we do love Moog, but yeah, yeah it is expensive, but that's what you get. It's, 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 a, it's a flagship synth. synth. A flagship, exactly. Mm, yeah. yeah. 
I still think they could do a polyphonic one a little cheaper. It's like, come on, guys. Like, you could you could cut. Maybe you have to cut some corners, but they're not into cutting corners, though, are they? You, you could do a slightly the one, you know. Maybe they'll maybe do it on the way. Maybe they'll do a half. Yeah, no, a half. half. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Item number three. Item number three. Okay, I think every studio needs a flagship mic. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think. I have, you know, I have some pretty nice ones in the studio right now. Like I use the Manly Ref C. I have a C12, but I would want a vintage mic, one that I, is hard to buy, like a U47 or an original C12. Uh, missing one. There's got to be another high. I think those are pretty high up up there, like twenty thousand dollar vintage mic. Yeah. And do you think? It, I mean, you you don't you work with male and female vocalists, right? I mean, yeah. Do, does it is that going to make much of a difference to what you mean? You know, you, you broke through working with female vocalists, I guess, but you've done other stuff since. So I'm really big on the one mic thing, even though I have a couple choices here. I think less choices really helps. And welcome, some people well, are like, this is perfect for you. Then, this studio, <laughs> isn't it? He's in his element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to have a vintage mic that I wouldn't normally have access to, and they are, let's just say, in a perfect wheel world, it has there's no maintenance needed and it just works fine. Indeed. But I think that that's what keeps me away from buying some of the vintage stuff is uh, they're delicate, they need maintenance, and then if they break, you uh, you can't use it in sessions and you got to use your backup. Yeah. Well, I suppose you've spent ninety grand at the Apple Store, so maybe they can fix the mic for you if it goes wrong. Just say, look, guys, you're geniuses. <laughs> I think you've gone to the wrong shop there, honestly. <laughs> right. They, they'll sell you a USB mic. <laughs> yeah. They'll sell you some AirPods Pros. Grand. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Cool. So which one is it going to be then? The U47 or the C12? Oh, yeah, that's true. I think the U47, just, yeah. to, just to have something in its own category like that. Uh, just a classic. And have you used the U47 much in your... Never. I just I just know the hype from what I've heard, and uh, U forty seven. That would be pretty cool. You know, if not that, then uh, one of those uh, classic ribbon mic. Okay, like Coles or no. like a RCA forty four, oh. something like that. Yeah, like a real vintage one. I don't even know them well enough. I've never really had a chance colored, to experiment. Quite a coloured sound you're going for there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so what about? You're just going straight into the uh, the the Apollo with that. Is that are you happy with that, or is the next item going to be a preamp next would be you know probably a 1073 like just a good good preamp i'm trying to think what is the top of the heap if you had no limits but i think the beauty now is it's crazy you can plug everything in with that unison and stuff sounds pretty damn good like it gets to the sweet spot and you can skip a lot of the stuff in between it's it's really close so not to scare you so that would leave you Two items left. Okay, and you've only got the stock plugins in Ableton so far. And hang on, so you're saying and no bundles though? No, bu- no, right. bundles. no bundles. No, <laughs> no bundles. <laughs> Is it too vague to talk about bundles? Is that the point? Oh, it's just that you're cheating. Yeah, because oh, there's right. more than one thing in a right. bundle. So, are, are you having the 1073 then, or do you want to keep that those last three options open? Mm, man, are you saying that Unison is enough, or do you want the ten the real Neve 1073? I think you've got to have you got to have the real thing, but if I were to pick out some software, it's good to have a backup because I, I kind of use both of my setups. I'll have like I have a, an Avalon Seven Three Seven. I've had that since college, and I just you know it's still kicking. It still has is the old standby. It doesn't have any latency and doesn't need any firmware updates or software updates. Yeah, 
So, okay, software-wise, I'm, I'm big on the UAD stuff, so and I can't pick bundles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think all the, all the plugins that are Unison-enabled, like uh, the API, the SSL, and the Neve 1073 are all go-to. Got to have those. Um, and is it – oh, and I really got to count, but I only had two left, right? You got two left. If, you, if yeah. you're taking that 1073 real preamp, then, yeah, you've got two items left. And I'm, oh. I'm, you've only got the, the one for sounds or Ableton's. Yeah. I mean, we love Ableton, but maybe not notoriously known for their, their stock plugins as, you know, as maybe there's a lot of, you know. Well, you've got drum rack. I mean, you can do a lot with drum rack. Yeah. But, yeah, what Log- yeah. Lo- logic for the stock bundle, though, I think is usually a little bit more premium. But Oh, you know what I would do if uh, also on that retro angle is uh, a real hardware spring reverb. Mm. So you've got a 1073, real 1073, and then a hardware spring reverb. Yeah, hardware spring reverb, and if I was building a studio, if I had a space where I could reamp stuff and store that spring reverb, do I get one more? If I had one more, it would oh, be. Oh, hang on, uh, hang on. Before, hang on. before you get there, tell us, tell us about the the spring reverb. Then yeah. why the spring? Because I yeah. mean, again, it's not, not a notorious for, for and electronic a, music and a real spring. Right. I don't have I. Is there a lot of spring on your tracks at the moment? Or are you just going down a whole different avenue with, with this? You're going to reinvent yourself as the, the spring reverb king. Yeah. The spring well, I king. Think, I, I'm guessing you're going to hear more of a comeback with guitars, uh, uh, even though I use, I use the spring. You don't yeah, have a guitar got, there, remember? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're it's going so to have to revise. in this fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think the stuff is making a comeback. I mean, I, I just love the sound of spring reverb on stuff. It's so different. It doesn't. It's not really a reverb to me. It's not really a delay. It's kind of like this weird in between. So I love spring for. I don't know if mono spring is what I always go towards, but uh, I think it just adds vibe instantly, and it, you can sort of bury stuff in that sound and and use it as a layering tool. It's kind of odd spring because it's kind of it's obviously real when you get the physical ones, but it's fake. So it's it's that that's what you said. It's like that hybrid sound between the real and fake, sort of electromechanical. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you, it you know, unique. I just bought that they. I just pre-ordered that new uh, game changer light pedal. Ah, yeah, Have yeah. You yeah. seen that? Yeah, yeah. Which one? The plasma pedal or the new one yeah, that they brought it's, out? It's the new one. That's a. It's got the spring in the pedal, and they're using uh, infrared. They're using light somehow through the spring to get more sound out of the uh, out of the spring itself. It's crazy. Nuts. So the light analyzes the movements of the spring or something like yeah. a, like a laser yeah. tracked spring. I wow. like what they did with the motor synth, which was like yeah. uh, using the infrared. It's like a, a light detecting resistor. Am I? That's right. Yeah. And then they they spin the these little plates around to create the 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 waves. That's nuts as well. That is, is that cool? Thing. I didn't get a chance to try that. It looks oh, amazing. Oh, it sounds bonkers because there's the moving from one note to the next because it's a motor you can't do it immediately so it sort of has to gear down so huh. it sounds it all, everything sounds like a car revving it's mental I, I love it it's kind of like the, the future Mellotron kind of idea where things are actually yeah, physically kind of moving is. Yeah. yeah yeah do you like the do you like the plasma pedal is that good or does it just sound like digital distortion it, it sounds gross in a really good way I think yeah, I, I, I love it. It. I it I know the it guitar the guitar you know guitar guys like it as well it's a, it's a real Nice hybrid thing for synths and for guitars. And there's the rack mount one as well. Ah, yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. 
If you're into music production, you should also check out Music Tech magazine. In this month's issue, we explore sound for screen, with practical tutorials on setting up templates, tempo mapping, and more. We interview top composers, including Tyler Bates, who scored the John Wick trilogy and Guardians of the Galaxy. And we also talk to Stormzy collaborator Chris Ando about producing the smash hit Bossy Bop. Plus, we give our verdict on Korg's wave state, the Evo 4 audio interface from Audient, Oak Sound Soothe 2, Spitfire Audio Albion Neo, and Novation's Launchpad Pro Mark III. Beyond that, we have a ton of DAW tutorials for Logic, Cubase, Ableton Live, Studio One, Pro Tools, and FL Studio. You'll find all that and more in this month's issue. Subscribe now at musictech.net. Okay, so we've got the, the spring reverb, and of course it's your, it's your forever studio. You can, you can have a spare room as for part spring. of that for a spring yeah, if you yeah. want it. Do you want a spare room? I think definitely spare room. You know, I always track vocalists in studio, even though these days it's, it's like everybody's got a Apollo twin and they're tracking amazing vocals in their bedroom. Um, there's less of a need to bring vocalists in to track them. But, uh, and I feel like less of a need for vocal booths somehow, just the mics and the software, just so good. Yeah, and computers aren't as noisy as they used to be. Although, I don't know, exactly. what's that 90 grand computer like? Is it a noisy one? Or is it... uh, you would think super not. Super quiet. Yeah, you would think it would be super quiet. Is that the, You're talking the cheese grater, aren't you? Yeah. The, the yeah, because yeah, I, bought, I bought one of those like ISO boxes. I don't know, it's just a huge waste of money because the computers are, are so quiet now. And the <laughs> if you get an ISO box, they make noise themselves. So it's sort of like, wait a minute. Like It has a fan. It's got to move hot air out. Mm-hmm. So you create your own bottleneck. So I think I'm all about just simplicity. And it's nice to have, uh, with a fantasy studio here, it's like nice to have limited options. Cause you could end up choices. with a kind of Russian doll scenario of boxes over boxes over boxes, <laughs> right. keeping the next box go till the very final fan was so slow. And yeah. It, you, what you, you're describing is sort of a Chernobyl sarcophagus. Yeah. Uh, and then just growing and growing and growing yeah. until, yeah. I'm yeah. into it. And then you have eight times the fan noise. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's thing. perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a bit, I, I don't know why I'm worried. You've got the Moog One. I, I guess that's all the synth sound you would ever need. But, you know, I, uh, I just always remember, you know, you having quite a lot of interest in in-the-box techniques as well. Oh. And you don't have any software synths. But I'm not pushing you down any road. You've got one item left. Mm. What's that going to be? So do you want to do a rundown first? Maybe a little rundown just so you can picture this. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, Topanga Canyon uh, in a, a homely studio full of Philips Hue light bulbs. Um, <laughs> it's a smart home. It's yeah. a smart home. Yeah. Um, running the the biggest, baddest Mac Pro money can buy with Ableton, uh, a UA Apollo X8P, Focal uh, Trio 11Bs, a Moog 1, a U47, we settled on in the end, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A Neve 1073 preamp and a hardware spring reverb. Do you know particularly which one you would want to have? I don't know. I feel like I need a custom one. Somebody built it just for me. Okay. Okay. You yeah, can have that. I'll just get on that. I'll just get on that now, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> a no variable pressure. spring reverb. No pressure. Custom spring <laughs> reverbs. <laughs> Got to hand wind the spring. Yeah. Okay, so you've got one gear pick left. What? Okay, I got it. I got the cherry on top. Oh, yeah? Uh, phase plant. Killer Hearts phase plant. Yeah. That's the move. And because it's so 
processor hungry when she starts stacking those oscillators in the voices. You need that new $90,000 Mac Pro. Yeah. That Tell is... us more about that then, because um, for our listeners who maybe don't know it, what, what is it that drew you to, to Faceplant and what is it? Well, I was always a fan of Serum. Uh, I'm a big soft synth guy in general, but something about Faceplant, it just sounds huge out of the box before we even do processing to it. And you can you can throw things on like weird comb filters, things where it sounds really wide, but then it sounds perfect in mono, which is the holy grail for me. It's always what I'm chasing. It's it's almost an impossible thing, but somehow it pulls it off. And for you guys... Uh, and the layout, yeah. And the layout as well, sorry. Yeah, what, uh, having it all on one page, so it's almost semi-modular, and you're not flipping through menus. It seems overwhelming at first, but this one came out of nowhere. This is like the dark horse of the soft synth world. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, 9 out of 10 Music Tech Choice Award. Uh, we love it as well, you know, as a brand. So, yeah, but it did sort of come out of nowhere, for sure. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it also won the Music Tech Gear of the Year um, ah, okay. award nice. for, for Best Soft Synth. So, okay. And much, much deserving. And what else do Kilo Hearts do then? Um, I'm, okay, Multipass. There is the Kilo Hearts toolbox, but we, we don't allow bundles. Um, <laughs> I mean, what you've done there, you've really bypassed the no bundle rule uh deftly yeah uh, because yeah. that is that is a single product but it's basically a whole bunch of products in a single it's like thing. all their products snap into it yeah, yeah like very with cool. the that's multi-pass the and snap heap and you kind of keep diving it's and you open up one plugin like the eq and it's like well this is a whole other program within a program within a plugin wow yeah there's a lot there um and you were talking about the the holy grail being able to have super wide sounds in stereo which collapse down to mono uh, and that works. I mean, in terms of your mix checking, is that is that a big part of what you're doing? It's a big part, probably to a fault, where I will probably, I probably need to have more of a balance of the side information to the mids, and because it's just something you hear uh, very strong opinions about. Like the live sound guys will say, "Well, it's all mono, so you're going to lose all that information playing it out." And then you'll talk to other people and say, no, our venue's wired in stereo, and then just the lows are some to mono. And you're like, well, what is it? Like, It's, it's yeah. a complex thing. It's more complicated than people think. But I think you listen to pop music, and it, uh, you almost hear no difference when you collapse to mono, and you go, wow, that's kind of like black magic. How do they do that? Uh, and that's the important balance, I guess, because you've got you know, your music coming out of TVs, phones, and huge nightclubs, but also people that are you know, DJing. Um, or enthusiasts at home that have a decent system and want to hear it as wide and as stereo as it can be. So. Anyone on earbuds? Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. or headphones as well. Mm. I mean, headphones is the, you know, that's a huge. That's nearly everybody listens on headphones now, and you can create some very interesting things that maybe won't translate outside of headphone world. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's a balance. I think everybody wrestles with. And I talk to some producers, and they say, "Oh, we don't even, we don't even check our mixes in mono." Guys who have great mixes, mm. I'm like, ah, that's crazy to me. But because uh, if you're big elements. Are, are disappearing in the mix you know it's a problem so i think it's a matter of what do you compromise like the shakers can sound less wide it's not going to kill the uh, the impact of the song yeah you say that <laughs> <laughs> shakers are critical shakers are the the, <laughs> the whole song is resting on castanets and shakers and... will is a uh, a session shaker player so oh man <laughs> i touched a nerve seasoned <laughs> seasoned that's how it started with salt <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking the old salt box. And now you've got a gig. Right, so... You've got to have a niche. Moving on to the final non-gear-related 
luxury item? You know, it's this is a weird luxury, but I have no natural light in my studio. I'm, so, we're willing to let you have a window, though. You can, can we have a window? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, sir, can I have a window? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you when we can. said but there the, is a thing. When we <laughs> said have, you, have you heard of this? Like, it's a fiber optic thing where you can you can bend the light from outside so it's acoustically sound, but you can bend the natural light with fiber optics into your studio. What? Wow. Yeah. Well, that makes so sense. It? It's a, yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah. So you can get the natural light, but you're not hearing your neighbors. Your neighbors aren't hearing you. I bend the light into my studio with this thing called glass. And yes. you just—it's kind of magic. Yeah, it's crazy, man. <laughs> Check it out. I could do the one-way glass. I could do that. <laughs> you will have windows. You will have, or you can have that panel as part of that dream studio design that we talked about at the beginning. Well, it, I have this huge TV in my studio that does not work well. It doesn't work in my, in my workflow because it's too slow. So I think one of the maybe newer ones that's more compatible with the Mac Pro that is has a higher refresh rate. So I'm not getting this lag. Uh, that's a luxury because I don't even use the one I have that much because it's just a little, it's a little bit sluggish. So do you usually go for the, the big screen to produce on then? I just use the – I have my 30-inch like dinosaur old oh. Apple display that's still still great, still flickers. But, uh, but I had this – I thought I would use this big giant TV and I end up – just not using it so but i guess you get the 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 1000 pound stand screen with your bundle yeah you got no what maybe not as a bundle bundle. not as a bundle (laughs) you (laughs) have to stop yourself i I just bundled myself there (laughs) but it's it no but when you buy that computer it comes with a screen right i know it's strict no no oh okay 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 well you need to I think the computer is a free item that comes with a screen monitor and the computer that's that's a one thing that's a one yeah. yeah Okay. Otherwise, you can't really use it, can you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can have a nice big screen. That would be cruel, wouldn't it? Yeah. A ninety thousand pound computer and no screen. <laughs> and your luxury item has to be the screen. <laughs> yeah. It feels unfair. It. Yeah, it feels on unfair. you. What? I probably like a, a really fancy espresso maker. Ah, there we go. Ah, big coffee, into the coffee. You gotta, you gotta have the lounge. You gotta have the green room ready for for guests. So, are you into coffee then? What are we talking? Big coffee guy. Yeah. So is it? It's a. Uh, automatic machine or is it one where you're going to get dirty with get little granules everywhere one of those italian ones i want one that doesn't break down here like maintenance is an issue with those things it's like old analog gear but i have like a i have a robo pour over right now like i think called a ratio those are awesome but uh i want one the equivalent of that for espresso would be really nice nice robo pour i need to look this up yeah can you it's called yeah, that? What is you that? do uh, ratio coffee so it does a pour over but it's all automated huh so it's like the tease mate it, it is kind of funny because it's, it's like, of course, you could just get a coffee mate, you know, cool. you know Mr. Coffee or something. I'm but. looking at a review here on Bloomberg that says, is a ratio eight $480 coffee maker worth it? Answer, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, they have harsh reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah harsh. Brutal. Hang on, this $25,000 robot wants to put your Starbucks barista out of business. Hmm? The uh, Cafe X, that's what I would do. I would, get, I would get a Cafe X machine. Actually, no, those guys. Do you know what they... we're having to do here? Upsell your dreams. <laughs> We've ups- upsold some dreams. <laughs> upsold the dream. Yeah. You thought you wanted this, and now you've got the Cafe X machine. Cafe X coffee machine. We don't know this, what is so it? tell us about it. So it's a, it's a mini cafe that works with robotic arms that are usually used for, like, a car assembly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Hang on. One more time. Upsell your dreams. Perfect. This is the, like, continue. This sounds yeah, incredible. Carry on. 
So the the arm it waves to you, it makes your coffee, then it waves to you, and then it texts you when your coffee's ready. Oh my god! So it's like a friend as well. Yeah, oh, wow. it's essential. I mean, everyone needs this in their house. <laughs> if uh, if if you Google Cafe X and automated barista, you will get a video uh, on on YouTube of this, uh, listeners. Um, yeah, and I, and that's just one robotic arm. But you know, you you could have a two-handed friend, couldn't you? A ro- I mean, coffee machine. <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> That that is nuts. That's so cool. You could get it to like set up mics for you and do all sorts. It could be yeah. like your in-house engineer as well. Could be your assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Wow. So it'd be good for airports. I think that, that's really what they're aiming at. But because uh, you know the, the the Starbucks lines are just you know people screw up your orders and you're waiting an hour for coffee. But but if I could have it here in the studio, why not? Why not? Indeed. Why the hell not? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to give us a rundown, Will, of the full, the full lot? Okay, we have the uh, the Topanga Canyon Studio running an Apple Mac Pro with Ableton, uh, Universal Audio, Apollo X8P, the Focal Trio 11Bs, a Moog One, a U47, a Neumann U47, Neve 1073, uh, a custom-made hardware spring reverb, Kilohertz phase plant, and the Cafe X robotic arm coffee maker. Yes. Naturally. That sounds pretty good, man. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty good. I was a bit panicky at, at first when <laughs> you had a lot of mics and pre's and not much, uh, not many sounds. Not but, many yeah. robot arms. Not many robot yeah. ra- <laughs> I was panicky until you got the robot. <laughs> Feels like... The- starts, starts humble and gets ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, here we are. Morgan Page, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Music Tech's My Forever Studio. That's all for season one, but we'll be back with more later in the year. In the meantime, you can listen to all the previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and musictech.net, where you'll also find loads of other interviews, tutorials, and news. If you like the show, give us a rating, and if there's someone you specifically want us to have on as a guest, let us know on the Music Tech Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Both Chris and I will catch you soon for season two. Subscribe now to be notified of our return, but until then, take care of yourself.